Good morning again, everyone. I hope you're having a great time today. My name is Steve, Steve Thomas. I'm one of the leaders in St. Catherine's Church community. And um, it's my privilege to bring God's word today. And I'm going to be, doing, I'm going to be taking the, the third in a, in, in a series of three that we've, we've been having on the theme of unexpected Jesus. Unexpected Jesus. And we had Alice talk about the uh, triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem a couple of weeks ago. And we had Louise talking about the resurrection uh, and the unexpected nature of Jesus in that. And today I'm going to be looking at the ascension. Uh, and then just to warm me up for un- the unexpected, uh, I had a great morning. Everything was going really well. All my notes were good. I did a, a, a practice run this morning, and that was cool. I had lots of lovely prayer. And then I looked in my bag at 5 to 11, and I'd forgotten all my notes. Oh. <sighs> <laughs> and what do you do? So I ran back to the car, and I'd always wanted to press the red bulls give you wings button in the car. <laughs> so I did that, and I came back. But anyway, it's interesting how the unexpected... Uh, sometimes comes and we have to know how to deal with this and often Jesus deliberately leads us into the unexpected because he's wanting to do something special and he's wanting to build our faith so here we go I'm doing it live Uh, what's interesting though about the uh, ascension uh, and and it's often an overlooked event because we focus on the resurrection and we, we focus on Pentecost we don't often focus on the ascension of Jesus where he literally levitates up to heaven and leaves the earth, is that it's actually a critical event in the life of the church. It's a critical event, and it changes the narrative. So you have the ascension, it both closes the book of Luke, and it opens the Acts of the Apostles. So it's a critical event. It's an end, and it's a beginning. I think that's quite an, an interesting, an interesting thing. Uh, and I don't know if you know, if anyone knows the film from which that picture is taken. Ah, oh, it's a kids Disney film. But that's all about new beginnings when it seemed like everything had come to an end. And there's a, a, a central character in that film, and I encourage you to watch it with your hankies, because you will need them. Uh, a central character of Carl Fredrickson, who, and, and the first ten minutes just shows his relationship with his, with a girl, who becomes his girlfriend, who becomes his wife, and they live their life together. And they're always talking about the adventures they're going to have, but they don't. She dies before they have the big adventure, and it's really heartrending. And you think it's all over, and you come to Carl, and he, he thinks his life is all over, and he kind of, kind of grows grumpy and bitter. And actually, the, the film is all about new hope, a new adventure, and how he lifts off with these balloons into a, a whole new adventure in South America. And it brings new life. And it's a wonderful, wonderful affirmation of what, of what life can be. And I think Jesus intends the, his ascension not to be, that's it, we're, we're over and done, the best things have gone. 
He intends it to release us, release us into new and better adventures. So if I can get the, the next slide, please. Thank you. So it's really very much about the next stage of the journey. And this picture is, is taken from the, uh, the recent events in Chile, where they had uh, mudslides. And a lot of uh, people were, were, had their lives impacted by that. And you can see here a rescue team pulling someone in the center out of the mud. And yes, if we remember back to the Unexpected Jesus 1 lecture that Alice gave, it was all about remembering that God is rescuing us and narratives of rescue. And it's always really important to remember that, that even now there are parts of us that still need redeeming, that still need rescuing, that he will, he will make us whole. He will make all things new. But at the same time, Jesus doesn't want us just to be people stuck in the mud, being pulled out of the mud. He wants us to be the people on the rescue team, bringing others, helping others. And that's why the ascension is so important, because it marks a shift between us being just the sort of the recipients to us being the trailblazers. And we'll look into that more now. Okay, great. If I can get the next slide. And, and I'm actually going to read now from Acts 1. Oh, getting a bit of feedback there. From, I'll probably read from the New Living Translation. Uh, you might have the NIV there. You know, you'll just have to uh, engage with the dissonance with that one. Re just reading from Acts 1 now, uh, from verses 1 to 11. And Luke writes, In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive, and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once, when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water... But in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So, when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they're not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, he was taken up in a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return in the same way you saw him go. Thank you. Next slide, please. Okay, so we've got this, this very interesting situation here whereby Jesus, he's, he's, he's done these most amazing things. He's just come back from the dead. He keeps walking, uh, he keeps walking through locked doors into rooms, just appearing like that and showing himself, and then he keeps disappearing again. And then he does the final act of levitation. 
a pretty tough one. This is some serious miracles going on here. So it's hardly surprising that the disciples ask this question. They say, hmm, has the time come? Has the time come? Come on, this is it now. You've just defeated death. What else is there to do? Bring the kingdom back. Come on, let's let's get the, the Romans. Let's win. And actually Jesus just leaves. And they're just going, what? What? What's the deal? You just won. Why are you going? And so they're just standing there watching him. Going away like this. Getting smaller and smaller. And going further away up into the clouds. And they're going, what is going on? I don't know whether you've ever had that. Whether you've been thinking, this is really great, Jesus. Come on, let's, let's do it. And then suddenly, Jesus doesn't <coughs> seem to be doing that anymore. And he seems to have gone somewhere else. And I think it's a serious issue that many people have to deal with. Often very mature Christians. They feel disappointed. They feel let down. Jesus didn't follow their script. Is that that you today? I know, it's been me. I've had that. Jesus, what happened? Why did this go wrong? Why did you leave? It's a big question. And I think in that situation, we have to immediately look for God's narrative. What are you doing? What is the big picture story? What have I missed? What have I not seen? I thought you were going to do this. But you didn't. Something else is going on. And the narrative here that we discover is the narrative of God's glory. Jesus is king. And he will be glorified. And so there's a huge, great story arc that goes all the way back to the Old Testament. Daniel 7 says, In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days, and there was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Mark 13 Verse 26, then everyone will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds with great power and glory. Revelation 1.7, look, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all peoples on earth will mourn because of him. So you've got this, this thing where Jesus departs with clouds and you get these two men in white saying, that's the way he's coming back. He's coming back in glory. It's about his glory now. It's no longer about the manger. It's no longer about the humble stable. It's about the king of glory. There's something really powerful about the arc of human history here, about what Jesus is going to do. So we need to see what is God's narrative. When when it looks like Jesus has let us down, what actually is God doing? What's the story? What's the narrative? Because we've missed something. And it could well be to do with his glory. And what we see here is we've got two men in white appear. Who are these people? I mean, who are they? Two men in white coats? So we hear you've been telling us that you've been uh, meeting with someone who's come back from the dead and now has ascended into heaven. Can we show you into a nice padded cell? (laughs) 
for your well-being here. Apparently not that, that kind of men in white coats. Apparently it looks like these two men in white, or literally in lightning white, clothed in lightning white clothes, seem to be two messengers from God, a.k.a. angels. And they're the same two who appear at the resurrection of Jesus, saying, don't look for him amongst the dead. He's living. They do the same thing now. They bring God's message. And it's so important that we, whenever we're faced with a situation where we've been disappointed and we feel God has disappointed us, that we look for the messages from God. Now, we, we may get two angels. Great. If you do, I'd like to know about it. <laughs> but it could be that God uses other people to bring the message. Or he speaks to you directly or, or something happens. Look for that. What is that message? That can just give you a narrative, a sense of narrative of what the big picture is. It's really uh, important to, to hear that. Here we can see it's about God's glory. He's going and he's coming back. Well, that's all right for you, Jesus, we might say. But what about, what about this place? We've just been left. You've gone. Next slide, please. And the interesting thing is not only is it about his glory, but it's also for our good. And maybe, just maybe, the disciples would start to think, actually... He's done it again. He's pulled a fast one on us, just like he did before. We thought everything was lost when he was crucified, but then he came back and he turned it all to the good. Wow, wasn't that amazing? Just maybe they were thinking inside, okay, he's doing it again. He's pulled the rug from under our feet again, but we know from last time he came good. And then maybe they start to remember the words that Jesus said to them. John 16, I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I'm going away. It is beneficial to you. It will help you. Unless I go away, the counsellor will not come to you. An encourager who will never leave you. He's the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. So actually we get a situation here where Jesus leaves so that the Holy Spirit can come. God with us, Emmanuel, leaves. God in us, the Holy Spirit, comes. And Jesus is saying, that's what you need more. You need God in you. So it's an amazing trade. And then that comes later with the, the Holy Spirit. So I, I just think that the way to remember this is Jesus has a PhD in cleverology. He's just really clever. And sometimes we can't possibly see how he can work this event to the good. And he does. And the tension then is, is, is just keeping, holding on, hanging in there, in the gap between the apparent loss and the re redemption and renovation and renewal that he naturally brings. And what we also see here is, is a whole interesting reflection on how the Trinity works together as well. Have you noticed something about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? They always defer to each other. It's a lovely dance. So the Father said, 
This is my beloved son, whom I love. Listen to him. Jesus says, I only do what I see the Father doing. I need to go away so the Holy Spirit can come. The Holy Spirit goes, I'm going to remind you of the words of Jesus. There's a dance going on. They're all deferring to each other. Jesus moves out of the way so the Holy Spirit can come and be in us and remind us of the words of Jesus. And it could be sometimes, sometimes we get worried because we don't, perhaps we don't engage with the three, three in oneness of God as much as we should do. Or maybe a particular, uh, maybe we don't relate as much to the Holy Spirit as we do to Jesus. Or we don't relate to the Father as much as, as we do to the Holy Spirit. And sometimes that's okay because actually one is that you, 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 maybe at this time you need the Father. More than, the, more than the Holy Spirit. You might need one aspect of God more than the other. And it's okay to roll with that, so don't beat yourself up about that. There are different times where each will come to the fore to help in their different ways, through their different personalities. So it's a, just a loving reminder that they keep deferring to each other. And this is all part of the loving dance that God invites us into. Now, it's not always easy, and it means change. But actually, we have to change. We have to keep moving on. We have to keep growing and renewing. Because when we stay put, that's when we go into the slow decline. Okay, next slide, please. So, what's all this about? Well, it's really that God wants to give us power. And he wants to send us out so that we can bring Jesus to the world. And so this is why Jesus being with us physically won't work. Because if we're all spread out, going in different directions, the only way this is going to work is if God is in us. And then he can be in us simultaneously as we go to the ends of the earth. So Jesus is clever. And how do we do that? How do we as empowered rescuers, no longer the passive recipients, as the active rescuers. How do we do this? And I think there is one instance um, in Jesus' sort of post-resurrection phase which I think exemplifies how we are to be witnesses. And that's where Jesus meets the disciples at the lakeside. And he makes breakfast for them. He sees they've been fishing all night and they haven't caught anything. And he says, throw your net out the other side. They bring in a huge catch, so so huge they can't, they can't pull the, the nets in. They come in, Jesus gives them breakfast that he's cooked for them, and he restores Peter. And I think there are three aspects of that story which tell us how to be witnesses. One is kindness. Kindness in this world is in short supply. You look at social media. Kindness is not the currency of social media. I think social media has become the dominant paradigm of communication. Kindness shows a different way. And grace. Jesus is kind. He makes them breakfast. Simple things like making meals, making them breakfast, whatever that looks like in your setting. That is a very powerful way of sharing Jesus. 
Also, we are a miraculous people. We can tell our stories. We have miraculous stories to tell of what has happened to us. And we will bring miracles because we carry the presence of God. That's an important thing to, to think about. And also then, I think restoration. Restoring people. Helping them to be who they are designed to be. I think those three things, there's a lot of currency in that for a world that's broken and hurt and defensive. Okay, and I will, great, move on to the next Next slide, please. So I think the real revelation is that we are Jesus in the world. We are the body of Christ. That's a big thing to take on. But that's what his ascension means. He means, I'm moving out so that you can step in. And I'm going to be with you as you do this. We're going to do it together. But you together are the body of Christ. And maybe just maybe when people say, Jesus, where were you? What they're actually saying is, church, where were you? Because we're the body of Christ, which is quite a challenge for us. It's a different mindset that we bring Jesus. We are his hands and his feet. We imprint him onto the world. We rescue him. Paul says in his letter to the Corinthians, all of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. So we together are the body of Christ. We represent him. He is working through us, through the Holy Spirit, through his words and the Holy Spirit empowerment of us. And we each have something to give. We have to do it together and we each have a gift to bring to the world. And together we can then represent Jesus. So I'm just going to draw to a close now. I'm just going to ask, um, maybe move into a couple of, of, um, of questions and a bit of time of prayer to reflect on some of these things. But I just want to encourage you that the ascension is all about change. And though it appears about loss, it's actually about empowerment. And it's about adventure. And it's about us all together going and being and making the change that we want. Uh, I wonder if I could invite the worship team back up as I move into my final bits. So...